Welcome back, everybody, to episode 25 of the Jader and Kyle show. Oh, boy, we got a fun one for you guys tonight. 25 is 15 years away from the age of the movie we're going to be talking about. But, Jader, welcome back, man. It's good to see you. Uh, You too, man. You too. It's been a crazy week. Yeah. But but I'm here, man. I'm ready. We're doing a Sunday show because, obviously, your schedules has been crazy uh, lately. But I am so hyped to talk about this movie because I – absolutely adore it spoiler alert i love this movie i'm gonna gush and there's so many things to talk about with this film um but yeah man how are you how's everything well we've kind of talked about a little bit in previous episodes how much we enjoy apatow and all of this and i gotta ask you a big question does the v on your hat stand for the movie we're covering today there you go man it stands (laughs) for whatever man (laughs) i i also i I'm, i'm reviewing uh the boys uh the the show the boys every right. uh friday and saturday with uh some people uh over larry and rachel sivistrini and um chris hall from uh the gucci verse or whatnot uh so we also said this is the compound v hat says i'm wearing it okay so that works too so, but yes it, it you know i'm not a virgin but <laughs> <laughs> there it is man i gotta ask you how are you liking the boys so far uh season two because season one i thought was epic and now we're on season two Where, where's your head at so far all right, so thanks for watching the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, I honestly, it wasn't until this week's episode, I was kind of like, it's okay, it's fine. I don't mm-hmm. hate it, but I feel like I I just, I wasn't loving it. Um, I feel like there, again, there's only two more episodes left. And before this episode that just passed, I was like, where are we going? There's so much more story. I know we were lined up for other seasons and all that, right? Yes, we're there sad. You go, Steve. There you go, Steve. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it, I'm like, where the hell are we going? What's going on? Like, I felt like every episode um, would just end with something like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to get something answered next week. But it, 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 we weren't going anywhere. You yeah. know, I felt like it, it, it has come to a, like a halt. And um, I guess it's the, uh, the sophomore... Um, curse i guess or whatever what have you i just i wasn't yeah it was it's not as enticing as the the first season at all because i figured there was no bad episode in the first season in my opinion you get me no. um no. and uh and with this one again i loved this last episode absolutely loved it i don't know if you've seen it so far i mean i, I don't know if you've seen it you, did you like it I, I enjoyed it. I, where I'm at with this show right now is I feel like they're kind of um, sitting in their glory right now. They're basking in it because they know how well they did in the first season. So they're just trying to expand on that a little bit more. And I feel like we're set up for a good finale. I thought it was 10 episodes. So I don't know. I don't think it was eight. But if you, you're the expert here, it's, it's eight episodes. Yeah. So I feel like we're set up for a big finale at this point, but it's taken a while. And I hope that payoffs there. Cause there's some characters I really like, like black noir. I really want to see him get to do some more um, stuff's got to be coming to those. I, I, I absolutely love that character. Yes. Um, and, and I really want to know where, where they are going with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just so, uh, what, what's the word that I'm trying to use, man? Just, they, they, they really do. They don't use them as much. Well, every and the opening scene to the first episode was with him. And yeah. it's one of the most epic scenes that we've gotten in season two so far, mm-hmm. you know? And I loved how, you know, after everything happens with him, there's a building explodes this whole thing. And he's just standing there like a stud. And then he walks, he decapitates this guy, walks around with the head, sees a little kid. And then he's like trying to play with like the teddy bear. I thought that was <laughs> so great. 
it's funny. I thought that was so great. It's had a lot of what the fuck moments this show. Yes. Um, and there's actually a segment in the show at the end of our show called the cuntiest cunt of the episode. Wow, about that? And we give our yeah, we give the award to like the asshole or what we felt like wasn't right or whatever. And uh, uh, this episode, uh, the tentacle guy, if you will, was the one that gave I gave him the award for that. <laughs> I threw up after that part. Yeah, dude, it was pretty, <laughs> bad. It was pretty um, bad. But yeah, so guys, this isn't a boy show. But although we enjoy the boys, um, it's we're kind of in a weird spot right now. I just watched my uh my Cowboys lose before coming on here, and Jader is hoping his Heat get in. But my Lakers are in the championship right now, so a lot of stuff to root for. But today, guys, we are talking about the forty-year-old virgin, but we're not alone. We have a special guest here today, and she is someone who is a part of uh, our site. She's been with us for quite a bit, and it's just it's kind of weird that we haven't had her on yet. So now is the time. Here it is, Miss uh, Gia Doxy. Gia, Hi. welcome to the show. She Thank is you so on. Much for having me, it's it's about it's finally about time that we all actually got to talk oh, in person 100%. to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I know well, it's crazy. Well, well, I know Steve is watching. So Steve, yes. thank you again for taking me on your team. I, so I've been with CST on and off for like six years, but you guys are the best and you guys keep it like just awesome content to read every week. And I, I love you guys. Gia, I got to ask you, you're yeah. last, are you Scottish? No. Because so it's I, I, I read your last name and I just want to shout it like how to train your dragon. Like Doxy. You're the first person to ever do that. It's actually Doxy, like that with the, the O, like the Scottish O. Okay. Um the last name is Dutch, and I have no idea where the hell that last name came from. I think <laughs> I do have some very, very distant relative from Holland, but I'm Italian and Irish. Like I'm like mostly Italian. <laughs> so my, that's like, that's my MO. I'm like, I'm like your go-to Italian person. Like my name is Gianna Rosaria. Like you can get more Italian than that. Yeah. So to answer your question, no, but thank you for asking me because no one ever really does. So I, I, I don't know that. why. When I see your name pop up in the group chat, that's just the first thing that pops into my head. I'm so like, oh, funny. I, I thought about that too, but no one else has said it. So that that's why CSC fam is the best because you guys get the jokes right away. Well, Absolutely. Steve doesn't get the jokes because I don't know what he's talking about here. Don't start with show tunes. Who's singing? Uh -huh. Okay. Oh, no, 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 I know. I know who he's talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gia, tell yeah. us about your musical background, please. I know. Sure. Yeah, um, go for it. Well, you know, it's kind of just like a running gag that I'm like the go-to musical <laughs> person for CST, which I love. Um, La La Land. La La Land. I have many thoughts on what happened. I actually, like, on my, on my college, I went to UCF. Go Knights. Florida people. Yay. Um. Yay. Where, you know, I just like that was it's my one of my favorite things in the entire world and it changed my life. And um I, I was just like the the La La Land cheerleader forever. And I still am. Um, but it kind of just turned into like a whole thing. And because Jersey Boys, my also my favorite thing in the entire world. Um, I have another podcast on it too, plug uh -oh. on that. Um, but that that was the first plug movie that I reviewed for CST. So it, it kind of just started that way with with musicals. That's uh, the there it is. It is. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, Jersey Boys is the reason I'm on the team. Yeah, Jersey Boys. That's how um, I found CST is because they were doing. That was the first, like, screening, like advanced screening that I ever saw, and mm. I didn't even know that was a thing until I was just searching. So I'm like, I have to see this as early as I can, and then I found you, it. You know that movie gets a bad rap, and I remember it getting trashed in reviews when it first came out. But you're a big cheerleader for it. Like, what is it about Jersey Boys yeah. that makes you say, like, yes, yeah, yes, I, I love this movie. Oh. Uh, 
Thank you for asking that. Um, <laughs> well, Jersey Boys, like, and my best friend David and I talk about it all the time, and it's it's a part of my DNA, honestly. Like, it's it's past an obsession. Um, so the musical was first in two thousand five, and for anyone who doesn't know, it's a story about Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons and the band and their amazing story, like the rags to riches story about coming from Jersey to being one of the greatest bands of all time, and. So it's the story that gets you. But what was what I loved about the movie was that it it pulled the curtain back and it just told the story. And um, if you've seen uh, the other guys, like Will Ferrell, he's like Jersey Boys, like the pageantry, like, like the costumes, the pageantry. Wow, what a musical! And so that's the musical. But the movie is just like a beautiful stripped down version of it. And I just love mm -hmm. how I just love everything about it. And the period piece. I legitimately every time I see Jersey Boys on TV or see anything, I, I automatically think of you now because you Thank it's, you you've had such a portrait <laughs> for all the years that I've been in CST. And anytime it's ever mentioned, it's like there's Gia, you know. Uh, so yeah, every time, every single time, every single time that it's on, I'm like, oh, I should just screenshot and then uh, send and send it uh, and message you and stuff yeah man. <laughs> well, i'm happy to be thought of that way thank you but do you like it like, have, like, do, like do you like the movie trader yeah I don't, I don't hate it at all actually yeah. uh and it's probably Good. because i i grew up listening to frankie valley music and i'm a sucker for biopics like that to be completely honest with you yeah um so so i actually do like that film yeah, and that was one of the first ones to really kick off biopics. It was Jersey Boys 2014. Then it was Love and Mercy the next year. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, Binded by the Light, and Yesterday. I definitely count in that vein, too. So it kind of kicked them all off. I, I haven't seen Blinded by the Light. Oh my I haven't God. seen Blinded by the Light. I keep hearing how amazing it is. I recommend. I definitely recommend. Yeah. If you're a Springsteen fan, which who isn't, you got to watch it. Yeah. It's, just, it's a very sweet, humble, true story. I, 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 I really enjoyed that. Actually, I wrote my, wrote my review for it, and then the director read my review and retweeted it and said, thank you so much <gasps> for the review. And that was the coolest thing. I got the, oh, I loved it so much. Yeah. Uh, and, that movie, and it feels even better that, like, I loved that movie, and he got to read how I felt watching that film. So I just I feel like I was really rooting for the character in that. And then the way they used the music to tell this guy's story. It's just like, oh, I want to watch it again. I want to watch it right now, honestly. <laughs> but we're talking <laughs> something else today. Um, so I love uh, that. Well, congrats on having the director read it and retweet it. That's, yes. that's incredible. He, he actually that's exactly has that look a lot. Because yeah. didn't, didn't um, uh, uh, Paul Feig do the same thing with yes. uh, Last Christmas? Yes, I got Paul Feig to read my Last Christmas You're review. Kidding. Okay, well, yeah. you know what you need to please do? Because he directed Bridesmaids, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then do do like a, a anniversary for Bridesmaids, and then have him read that too. <laughs> we're gonna no, get no, I, we, we're gonna get him on the show. That's what we're gonna do. Please do. <laughs> we're we're be... gonna reach out. We're gonna reach out to him and be like, "Hey, man, come on, it's COVID." Yeah. Like, well, that's why. Good. That's why we do what we do, right? So because I feel like, it, at least for me, it's because like we feel like we can be friends with these people, and we want to work with these people. And if Absolutely. they know that we know our shit, then yeah. maybe we will. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Agreed, a thousand percent. There. Um, so, Gia, you were you started here in Florida, but then you're in, you're a New Yorker right now. Please tell me what it's like to live in New York, because that's something I've always wanted to do is live in the city. So, what's that experience like? Is it as great as you think it to be? Yes, okay. even greater. Yeah, if if you if you decide like if if you choose every day to keep it that way, because okay. the second you get here, people do, do try to like jade you really quickly and. Um, 
but it it is the greatest thing I've ever done is move here. And I, I if and if anyone wants to do it, Kyle, if you want to do it, everyone just come find a way, make it happen. You can do it. It's not bad. It's like moving like anywhere else, you know, because um, it is it is a small town and it is a neighborhood, but it's also the greatest place ever. Um, really? But I know a lot of people. Like since I got here, like I learned that New York is the greatest city in the world, but it's not the only city in the world. And that was that was a big wake up call for me because you meet a lot of people who do want to get out. Like they've been here for a few years and like they kind of like either aged out of the city, as they say, or they just kind of want, you know, like they, they want a, a nice living room or they want a kitchen with a dishwasher. Or they don't want to have to go down fight five flights of stairs to go do the laundry. Like I get it. But if you tell yourself like through all of the movies that you've watched and do everything for your inner child who grew up watching New York movies, yeah, you never want to leave. You never want to leave. I I have yet to visit that state. Yeah. I've never been. Uh, I've been dying to go. Uh, I was I was supposed yeah. to go in January of this year or February. I don't even remember. One of those two. Um, and I had to cancel my plans last minute, which I regret. Sorry. But yeah, it sucked. But I am dying to go to New York. Well, you have a place to stay, both of you. So my offer stands. If you ever want to come, come to Queens, and I'm here. I, I can't. I gotta do it. I gotta take you up on that offer. Um, but you, you were talking about um, New York movies. Yeah. What movie is the most uh, accurate as far as New York as a character goes? Like, what's your favorite movie that has New York as a character? When Harry Met Sally. Oh, and Annie Hall. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Like my, favorite, my favorite, not, one not, uh, not any Scorsese movie. Those <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my favorite though, is for some reason is friends with benefits, that whole flash mob stuff and them just exploring the city. All right, you want to say something about What is it about friends with benefits that just makes it so I don't like drawn into you. This, the, the scene when she's at the MetLife building on the roof, honestly, that's how shit would go down up here. Like people escape <laughs> to the roof no matter where you're working and people work and people like regular people who you would never think work in these crazy huge buildings, whether it's 30 rock MetLife building one pen, like they're there. So that, that was my big New York moment when they were up there, but continue, please. No, Jader, we got to do this movie one day um, because uh, friends have been, ready. we have, you're ready. Let's do, all right, we'll ready. Do it next week. <laughs> Let me know, man. Uh, oh, Tim, Tim is a lifelong New Yorker, but he wants out Tim. Why? I understand if you do, Tim. I, I know a lot of people are done, and especially with COVID, you know, like there's, I think they, the, there was an article, it was like 13,000 apartments in Manhattan are just empty, people up and, up and left. Oh, wow. And in Rockland County upstate, like, like the next county above above New York City is um like that people just left, flocked. Like I saw 15 houses, like, like, like for sale sign, for sale sign, boom, 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 like all the way up one street. And it's sad, but um. But, but but New York is not dead. I'll say that it'll never die, like Jerry no, Seinfeld says. No, no. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna die. One of the most beautiful things I saw during this uh, COVID lockdown is one day I was watching CNN and they're doing one of those Thursday coronavirus facts and fiction things, mm -hmm. and Spike Lee was on, and he made a short film called um, New York, New York, where he got Frank Sinatra's song, and it was just him. He went out in the city while it was empty. And just kind of took pictures and little clips of every single monument that means something to New York while Sinatra songs playing in the back. It's kind of how like we're going to rebound and we're going to get back to this at some point. And it was so neat to watch. I went back and saw it like maybe three or four times on YouTube. It's out there right now if you want to watch it. Spike Lee. But 
Yeah. Just like it makes you really want to be in that city. And it gave us a little bit of hope in this dark time. Yeah, I, I need to watch that. Thank you for telling me about it. I, I, I saw him on The View um, with all the like black, with, at the height of everything with Black Lives Matter. But I didn't know he mm -hmm. did the New York short film. That's awesome. Yeah. He's always and, out on his bike in a mask. So one day you might see a Spike Lee pedaling by your house. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> so um, is New York pizza the best pizza in the world as, uh, as so-called New Yorkers like to proclaim? Yeah, of course. Of course. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> But I, well, here's the thing. So I, growing up in Boca, South Florida, it's all New Yorkers up here anyway. So we, I have a pizza place called Brooklyn Boys and <laughs> it's the same thing. Like I don't really taste it. I never, I never know the real difference. I'm hearing it's the water. I'm hearing the water of New York is different from the water. Definitely the water. Well, it's the bagels too. Did you ever go to Brooklyn water bagels? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the best kind of bagel I ever get. If you go, I, I noticed this. I, I came back home to Florida for two months, um, like from June to August this year. And I went to get a bagel and they were awful. So I'm with you. It is in the water and the bread. As far as the pizza goes, yeah, New York is definitely the best. Go to Joe's, West 4th, West Village, right next to the IFC Theater. You have to go there. That'll be your guys' like, favorite place in the world. I just think Chicago pizza is better than New York pizza. Oh, you do? Well, you haven't been to New York. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I just love to stir up this shit because this is a conversation. I know for like New Yorkers, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> so I always like to stir up some shit. Uh, but no, yeah. no lie. I really do love Chicago deep dish pizza. I know it's like a lasagna. I love it, to be honest. I've never tried it. I would love to try it. But, yeah. but I'm, a, I'm just a sucker for pizza in general. I love pizza. Right. I can eat pizza. Honestly, if it wasn't so freaking unhealthy, I could eat pizza every day. I really don't get bored of it. it it's crazy because if they ask me, what do you want to eat? I'm Nine times out of ten, I'll be like, pizza. Pizza. Right. You know? Well, you can make your own healthy pizza. It's it's just bread, cheese, and whatever the hell else you want. So you it does, it's not the same. It's not, not the same. same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah no, the no. homemade pizza is fun. I know, like, you yeah. just you just want it delivered, you know, 30 minutes or of course. less. Like that Absolutely. Jesse Eisenberg movie, you know. Here you go. It's yeah. hard to screw up pizza like I, I know a lot of people say oh this pizza is terrible this one tastes like cardboard whatever i haven't had terrible pizza before like i'll still oh, eat yeah. it i don't want to eat it again but i'll still eat it it's fine it's a good meal right. well i'll tell you what if, if you go to joe's pizza or even like the dollar pizza up here and then you go back you will taste a difference it might not be terrible but you'll notice that there's something a little off Okay, I got to do the pizza test. Like even Giorno like, is good for me. I love that frozen pizza. So you're not picky. We're the same. If, if you're from South Florida, we have a whole different view on food. Exactly. Right? It's like Absolutely. we're good with chains. Like I want to go to a fucking Chili's. Are there Chili's in the city? No. So is there Chili's there? No, there's one oh. in in Queens, like East Queens. That's it. That's all I know. I thought New York had everything. What's going on here? Not Chili's, man. I don't know. They don't have a Chili's? Not not in Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. Let's see, so we'll see, man. We'll see. Sure, hopefully, I, hopefully we get our asses to New York soon. Please it's, do. I would love to hang out with you guys. I'm going to hit all yeah, the movie theaters cool. that they have. I'll show you around. Are they open yeah. yet? They're not open yet, right? Mm, not that I, 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 looked, I looked up today the AMC. Okay, if you come when everything is reopened, the best movie theater, like the AMC theater, the one on, excuse me, in Lincoln Square. Okay. It's the best. That one is, it's like, it's like Cinemark, um, but a little like, so, so Kyle and I go to, in Boca Raton, it's called uh, Cinemark Palace 20, the, my, my hometown movie theater and where you go for, uh, for screenings. Um, and the AMC Lincoln Square is very similar. 
but like cooler. AMC. Okay, yes, I, I love yeah. that theater. It's a really, it looks like a palace. It's called Cinemark Palace. It does look like a palace, like you're walking to a castle to watch a movie. So that's really neat. Yeah. It's not like Kanye's house. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen those tweets lately from Kanye. He's yeah, got, where he watches Blade Runner 2049 yeah. on repeat now. Oh my oh God. God. Yeah. I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. <laughs> um, but so Gio, tell us what you are doing in New York. What's your profession right now? Like what's the day in a life of a G of Gia? Oh God. Well, I've been unemployed since COVID. Um, <laughs> okay. so I started making podcasts, which what else are you going to do? Um, but I'm, I'm really happy because I, I'm using my journalism degree the way I want to. Um, and yeah, so I, I will, if you guys are interested in, do you guys like Disney Channel original movies? Do you like DCOMs? I remember a lot of them, yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, see, I was past that, so <laughs> I didn't have any of those. Like every, a bunch of my like younger friends are like completely obsessed with those movies. When Disney Plus came out, they were mentioning on the, I'm like, dude, I know Brink. That that That's was it one. for me. That's which, the one I everyone loved, which I love Brink. I thought it was fantastic. I just never saw like Xenon. Girl of the 21st Century or... High School Musical? January 20th, 2006, Changed My Life. Never, never, um, never seen High School Musical, ever. You said Change Your Life, Gia? Life-defining movie. That started everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jader, I mean, since we're on Disney+, Plus, I do rec recommend, like, you know, like with your family, too. They're, they're wonderful. Um, but I, so I started a podcast about, about those and pretty much, like, how they hold up to today. And um, But as far as, like, a, a regular day... Like before COVID, I was I was in a different borough every day, and it was a blast uh, for oh, work. So that was fun. That is awesome. It must be nice yeah. to say, "Hey, do you want to go to Times Square tonight?" And you could just go there. Like, there's nothing stopping you. That, you that's just... the best part about it, man. And especially after you graduate, because um, I moved up here three weeks after I graduated, and no plan, no job, nothing. I just oh, wow. like I got up here and. Um, but I would, I would get off of work because I, I I was a um, a presenter and like a slash motivational speaker for middle schools and high schools. And I would get out by three o'clock and I can just I can walk in Central Park and be like, I don't have any homework to do. Like no one's stopping me. I don't have to do anything else. I worked for the day. I'm fine. And it's it's the best thing ever. Um, or like you could go to a movie. You could do whatever. So I highly and recommend just get your ass up here. You'll love it. Gia's living the life right now. So, uh, Gia, tell us, when we presented you the idea of coming on this show, the first one that uh, you suggested was 40-Year-Old Virgin. Why the 40-Year-Old Virgin? What is it about this film that you say, you know what, this is the one we got to talk about? All right. So, well, I I know we're all the same with this. Um, I, I Comedy is everything to me. Um, I actually started doing comedy up here. Um, it's my, oh, my dream is to Yeah, yeah you started doing stand-up. I saw that. Yeah, oh, that was that was an awful video. That was my first one. But um, <laughs> thank you for watching it. Um, ah. But I I feel like Judd Apatow movies um, are just always fascinating to talk about, and um, no one talks about them enough. And this show does. And I haven't. I, 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 I needed to rewatch it because I I only watched it once, and I, I was nine when it came out. And Judd movies were the ones that art people our age kind of had to like sneak to watch and now that we're old enough it just feels fun yes to watch it. it feels like we we missed out and now we're rediscovering this of a director like this guy came out of nowhere uh doing stuff like celtic pride and heavyweights and then 
anchorman and he's producing these films and he suddenly says you know what i'm gonna make the jump into directing and he directs the 40 year old version as his first movie which is just crazy like when we talk about directorial debuts i don't know why his name's not brought up because from all accounts this is a comedy classic right yes 100 percent yeah well so, I have, well he started tv actually he he his first like Ricks and geeks before that he actually directed an episode of the larry sanders show Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and you get a research. Oh, well, I, yeah, I love it. Well, this is what I know, not to be like a know it all or anything. <laughs> but, but um, he he's from Long Island. He went to USC for two years, left, and somehow he started working for the show and he was mm -hmm. producing. And Gary Shanling went up to him and was just like, hey, you're directing the episode, like the next episode, like the next one. He's like, what? And then he started that way. And I have to say, with Heavyweights, that is one of my favorite movies ever. Is that one uh, of the first movies that you guys ever remember watching? That, that was movie has like a direct line to my funny bone. Yes. I freaking love Heavyweights so much. And right. it's, I remember that my mom rented it for me, right? And I was watching it. And I just remember my mom laughing as hard as I was because she was watching me laugh at the film, you know? Right. And, she, I, and I'm like, it's funny, right? And she goes, I guess for you. <laughs> like, she's like, I don't think it's that funny. But it's just little things with that movie that just, you know, the uh, the slide scene when they're, when they're all sliding yeah. and the, the uh, dancing and the, the, you broken my camera line. Always you broke my camera. You broken my camera. So <laughs> it, 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 yeah. buddy, the buddy system. Yeah, dude, everything about that movie, it just makes me laugh so hard. And it's crazy because um, was it on, I don't know if it was on Disney Plus or on Netflix when I saw it. Again, I hadn't seen it like in years. But again, it's one of those movies that I saw it so many times growing up where I'm like, oh, I I, I don't need, I know that movie almost word for word, right? Right. Exactly. And I I showed it to, to my girlfriend because she had never seen it. And I'm still cracking up. And she was like, this is a really funny movie. She goes, I, I feel like it was, she goes, it pushed the PG kind of, um, kind of flirted with the PG 13 line. She goes, cause there's a lot of like things that it could be inappropriate for a Disney movie. Cause it is, a, it's a Disney film, it is, you know? Yeah. And then um, she's like, but she goes, you can tell like uh, Apatow kind of has like a stamp on this film. Like, mm -hmm. like he had a lot to say with the, with the comedy in it. So Definitely. I absolutely love that movie. Yeah, well, that's his signature. And and I'm so happy you brought up the PG, PG-13 idea. Or just because, so all right, let's, let me just look at everything he worked on. So Heavyweights, for your version, I get directorial debut. Fable Dick and Jane, Knocked Up, Zohan, Pineapple Express, Trainwreck, This Is 40, Girls, Funny People, and King of Staten Island that came out this year. Love that movie. Which was um, great. Fantastic. Loved it. But, so, but I feel like, like but the way I kind of, talk about comedies is it's like it's Judd Apatow and then the hangover in 2009 started a whole new era of comedies and then Judd kind of switched gears too but I feel like with the 40 year old virgin this movie walked so the hangover could run as far as nudity goes just content like the, like the 40 year old virgin is the first movie I could think of where there was like just many scenes about masturbating. You didn't yeah. have that before 2005. Not that yeah. I can recall really. <laughs> but it's just like so so blatantly, but still so sweetly in the Judd yeah. way. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I, I love that about him. And well, yeah, we, we've talked about it on the show before that he kind of revolutionized the genre because before that you're looking at your Jim Carrey's, your Eddie Murphy's, your Will Ferrell's who are doing this broad slapstick stuff that leads up into Anchorman. And then this film kind of shifts it because now we're looking at comedy that's everyday life, making the light of everyday life situation so that the audience can react to it. We right. can react to working at a circuit city type tech place and trying to find love, even though his extreme is he's a 40 year old virgin and he look at knocked up, he gets a woman pregnant. And then it's just, how are we going to adjust to this? And every single film after that, you got one about turning 40. Like it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, fun. it's just the way. So he, he took the genre and pushed it in a new direction. And we're still kind of in it. Cause then he's what I love about Judd Apatow the most is his eye for talent. He yes. discovers Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, um, Steve Crow well, in a way, I guess. Um, Pete Davidson, Amy Schumer, and Jason Siegel, and just all yeah. these people. Lena Dunham, even. Lena Dunham, yeah, it's just another one right there. So, like, he over and over again, he's giving all these people opportunities because he sees something in them, and then they go off to these massive careers. Like, you were going through his IMDb. There's also like super bad, which is like a generational comedy. And there's um, one of our favorites, Jader, is uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. My favorite. My, I absolutely favorite. love that movie. Me too. It's coming one day, guys. We're got, we're definitely going to do that one too. But so I just, that's what I love so much about him is he, he just, it's making us relate to what's going on because we're saying, oh, we know our, my parents turned 40 at one point and uh, I know someone who lives in Staten Island or this woman who writes at a magazine who's just, you know, she's kind of trashy. She's trying to find love, needs someone to settle down. <laughs> so, and even funny people, which is like his turn into serious, it still has yeah. a, a really nice hint to of a everyday life. So that's what I really appreciate about Judd Apatow. I know Jader, you feel the same way about that. Absolutely. No. And he, he takes, cause make no mistake about it. This is a, a raunchy comedy, uh, the 40 year old version, but it has so much heart. And I feel like he was, one of the first to start giving us things like that. The uh, the only people that I can think of right before that is the Fairly Brothers with uh, right. um, There's Something About Mary. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I love about that. And it's exactly kind of, Kyle kind of hit uh, hit the nail on the head where he takes just things about everyday life. Again, a movie where someone turns 40 and the shit that they're going through during that time, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, he's the everyman. It, and it's yeah. so relatable. And my mom is one that absolutely loves this movie. Um, that's awesome. She was kind of like, she was, it, yeah, it was kind of like, uh, like the heavyweight situation where she was the one cracking up. And the first time I saw this movie, I thought it was hilarious, but I'm like, oh, it wasn't like it, it was more on rewatches where it starts climbing up for me and started climbing right. up for me, climbing. But the first time I saw it, I'm like, man, no, that movie was super funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm like, but nothing, nothing crazy. But it's just the, uh, one of the hardest things in this category that we have today is the best line of the best story. line yeah. because this movie is filled with yes. with uh quotes it was the hard i have so many written down that i'm like i don't even know which one i'm gonna pick yeah exactly but my mom the first time the, my mom the first time she saw it was like me watching heavyweights like i said cracking up and then she would tell she told my uncle to watch it and i got this movie as um i uh, as a, um, she saw it because I got it for a secret Santa gift. Shout out to my boy, Danny, cause we're still friends, but Aww. he gave it to me. I had already seen it, but, um, I never went out to buy it or anything like that. He gave it to me. And it, I think that's one of my most played, uh, DVDs at the time. Cause 
it was if my mom was watching it, I was watching it, or my uncle, my uncles would come over. She's like, "You guys got to see this movie. It's so funny," and that it was just getting played constantly. And I think that's why I've seen that movie so many times. And fast forward now, that my girlfriend that I have now, this is her favorite comedy of all time. Wow. She was kind of like, "How are you gonna talk about this movie without me?" And but uh but uh but yeah she absolutely loves this way in fact there was um she she is a masochist when it comes to horror right so okay. um i when hereditary came out every you know it was the buzz it was crazy you got to see this movie so i went to go see it and she told me she's like look i gotta watch hereditary in the middle of the of the afternoon if it's as bad as they say it is Mm -hmm. um she goes i don't do well with with um horror and she's like i'm gonna have to sleep over it's gonna be a night that i'm gonna sleep over and i was like yeah yeah no problem we'll see you in the afternoon i made sure we saw that movie like at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> <laughs> so we see the movie the movie ends she looks straight at me and with i thought she was joking and she was and she goes to me she goes take me to church and <laughs> i was like i hate that what? and then and then she's like this movie is so messed up. It's so evil. Who wrote this? Like super pissed. Right. And then, so whatever the movie ends like past midnight. So then after that, like we're leaving, uh, we're, we're coming home and I go to sleep. Like there's nothing. Like I just put my head down and I knock out. She couldn't do that. And I wake up to her in the middle of the night, 3 a.m cracking up watching the 40 year old virgin oh so that's her healing I, movie yeah and like i woke girl. up and i looked at her and she goes you thought i was kidding she goes i can't sleep she goes wow. i still see like she the part that have you seen hereditary i haven't seen it no oh okay so I, I don't kyle, knows, it kyle, kyle yeah. knows the scene that i'm talking about is the attic scene with the uh at the end of the film there's, so okay. that, that part is, yeah, yeah. What Listen, there's too much in the movie that sticks in my head and I don't want it there. I, <laughs> I, oh man, that, that movie, I like from a directorial standpoint, it's fantastic. Like it's it really is. like what a what a swing for Ari Aster to make in his directorial debut. However, I, I don't want to see it ever again. Not, no, oh just images that stick in your mind. Yeah. yeah. You'll never get yeah. out. <laughs> like there's a that car theme, but there's um there's that attic scene, like you're saying, and there's a, a scene where uh, there's people in a closet, and that's all I'll say towards yeah. the end. <laughs> yeah. So is it The Exorcist of two years ago? It might I, be. I, it, it's up like, there, let me tell you. It's not, it's probably, it's in my top five, to be completely honest with you. Horror for, Exorcist is my number one. Mm -hmm. I have The First Conjuring as my number two. I put okay. Get Out above it. Uh-huh. I put Get Out above it. Get Out is my top five. So it's, it's for me but um get out in there uh the it chapter one is up there to be completely honest with you the thing but hereditary for new films for newer films it's it's amazing i've seen hereditary i think like six times already wow so I, I absolutely love that movie yeah. not, the bye -bye man. <laughs> huh? not the bye bye man that's not in your top five no absolutely not. <laughs> Ooh, i've never seen that one you don't uh, need no. that you know, but yeah, but but um, but yeah, with with this, like I said, it's and someone said it perfect, where um, it's a staple in comedy, the forty year old version. It yes. really is, and and it's it's something that um, whatever, um, it's something that 
again, it, it was with every rewatch where I'm like, oh, this is this is good. And then, you know, you pick up on little things or little lines here and there. And it's just it's such a, a movie that, that that you can um, quote over and over and over again. Right. And it's to so me, great. like that, that's and even like with writing with CST, like, like how I rank movies is the quotability and it's the the ability for a rewatch. Like if you can rewatch a movie a thousand times, that's when you know it's good or when it hits you, you know, it's here. Um, so I love that. I love that, that she had to watch it after watching Hereditary. Like, my sister has that. She had like, she has like her go-to things too after a scary movie, but that just shows you the testament of Judd Apatow. And like, and since this, this was his first one, um, I saw there was an article in the New Yorker that talks basically just what makes him great. And it's because someone said this, like he thinks with the camera and he's able to have, like different things in place that you can catch later on, like what you were saying. Yes. And that's what, that's what makes him the best. And yeah. So it's like, it's like a modern first person art. That's what they were saying, especially after, after this is 40. Like, I think that, that as far as like his career goes, that's probably his most critically acclaimed one. Yeah. Um, I think also too, yeah. like we, we can't mm -hmm. talk about this without mentioning Steve Carell. As this is someone we got, we really got to hit on. He is yeah. a comedy icon at this mm -hmm. point, and it's really fascinating to see the career he's had because yeah. he can do something so stupid like play brick on Anchorman, yeah. Yeah, and just be an idiot, and then here he's this innocent <laughs> the <person>. toilet store. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 brick, why do you have a lamp? I love lamps. I love <laughs> it's so funny. Um, you can make three words the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yes. He, he just for some, there's something about him that really works. Like there's a couple of those comedians where you look at them and you say, why are they famous? And then they talk and you get it. Like someone like Jason Bateman, he, yeah. but just by talking to him, he shouldn't be a, like a comedic genius, but he mm -hmm. is because he's the straight man. And he's found that niche. Steve Carell was able to find that too. And it's funny to watch his career go from stupid to comedy genius to now he's drama. doing this serious drama stuff. That's really good. Like his dramatic work is up there with some of the best. He's gotten an Oscar nomination to his name. He should have been up there for other ones. So, I mean, it's funny to see a man who's getting his chest waxed on screen <laughs> go to an Academy Award nominated actor. It's just, it's crazy. So, I mean, Gia, when you watch this, what do you think of Steve Carell's, Steve Carell's career from today oh, to now? God. Well, well, first of all, I didn't know that Steve and Judd wrote the movie together. Yes. I did not know that until rewatching this. And but and and I know like and Judd said this in, in his trailer for his masterclass. Like you have to treat every comedy as if it's a drama. You know, you can't have one without the other. And it's like, like the best, like the best dramatic actors are also gonna be the best comedic actors. So I, I love his evolution. Of course, everyone does. And I feel because like he had, you know, so he had um, Anchorman. He also had like Evan, like Bruce Almighty turned into Evan Almighty because people started seeing exactly what he did. And it's just like his, he's earnest. And, and also because Forty Virgin was in 2004, I thought you were saying about like Jim Carrey, you know, Eddie Murphy, the very um, like, like the outrageous characters they would play. This was that shift into the everyman character, you know, like mm -hmm. he, so, and cause he, yes, he's a, the protagonist, but he is not the one who had to have an arc. He didn't have to change. He was a normal, good person. Everyone around him were the assholes who needed to yes. change, you know? So, and I think that's, that's also what was, that was a perfect way to set the tone for Steve because 
in that movie alone, in that character, you sh it showed that he can be both. And, it, and it's, it's, it's hard to recapture that magic, too. Like, for him to be that brilliant for this long. Because I don't know if you guys saw Space Force. That is a wing in the miss. It was tough for him to try to go back to his comedy roots. And it's, you know, it's scary because I want to see him do comedy again. I feel, feel like we're due for at least one more good Steve Carell uh, comedy performance. But he's shooting for that Oscar right now. Jader, when you look at Steve Carell's career, like what comes to your mind? This film, automatically. Okay. I actually had I had I had a poster of uh, of this of the front cover of this movie. What we have in the background? It's a brilliant uh, poster it, in my room because mm -hmm. I felt like you know any day you wake up with the poster of the four year old virgin, it, it's a good day. It's just he. It's yeah. so full of life and it's so simple. Um, uh, it's it's a very very simple poster. It's not much so. It's him smiling, glancing away, and <laughs> I think it was so freaking funny. I and I it, it tore me up when I had to when I had to rip it down when I moved because um, I didn't have it in a frame or anything. I just you know poster uh, tape and that was that. So I had yeah I had to bring it down. Um, but everybody obviously thinks about Michael Scott. Um, I didn't watch The Office until two years ago, um, okay. and now I've seen it so I've, in fact right before uh i jumped on um i saw like maybe like 15 minutes of an episode i always have it playing in the background and i, I laugh every time so hard i've seen the i've rewatched it like twice already i absolutely love it but everyone thinks when they think steve carell they obviously think um they they think the office for me it's always the 40 old version he's always going to be andy to me um even I even thought his he uh, he was the breakout character in Anchorman as Brick. I thought he was the funniest thing for me in that movie. I remember did not I didn't like Anchorman the first time that I saw it. A lot that of was another did. one. That's a movie that honestly grew on me. And um, again, it's not for me. It's it. We always have this debate where it's it's. Uh, they say it's Will Ferrell's best. I don't think it is. Um, but Brick was the character, and I'm like. He played a very stupid, stupid character. He's a very stupid role, but I felt like he didn't overdo it. Yes, you get me. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, I think he played the role perfectly. So, and uh, and what you mentioned, uh, uh, Bruce Almighty, Almighty, when the the Evan scene, when mm -hmm. he when he's controlling the the mouth, yeah. dude, that scene killed me the first time I saw Bruce. For me, again, the funniest scene in the film. Mm -hmm. um, so again, uh, but every time, every time I think of this man's career, where it's gone, obviously from comedy to the drama that he's done, he's a fantastic, fantastic actor. But I feel like we do need another Steve Carell comedy. Um, but like Kyle said, he is shooting for that, and he should have been nominated for a couple other things that he wasn't nominated for. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So he's the um, best. Before we jump yeah. into the categories, I just want to bring up a couple things. Uh, first, the box office for The 40-Year-Old Virgin, $177.4 million for a comedy back in 2005 is massive. So that kind of shows you just how much of a cultural touchstone this was, because then Judd Apatow followed it up with Knocked Up, which went up to $219 million. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty insane to me. Something else I want to point out is the Academy Awards, the Oscars. Um, famously not nominated for an Oscar. Uh, it was the same year as stuff like Brokeback Mountain came out and Crash. Um, mm -hmm. Also, you have movies like Capote, Good Night and Good Luck in Munich. Um, I kind of want to hit this discussion real quick. Sure. Are comedies overlooked at the Oscars? Because I feel like they yeah. massively are. Uh, like, uh, 100%. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
they don't even want they don't even want comedies being made honestly like studios do not look for them and judd and judd actually did a whole article on this like studios won't buy comedies the way they used to it used to be like just for the script and then they would like work it later now it's all a package deal you have to have the script the key actors and a director all in one like to, in order to pitch it, so, much. To pitch it. yeah like after the writer's strike they just stopped so and that's why a lot of comedies 2010 till now have flopped because they just wow. don't really care no but bridesmaids to mine and ladybird were the last to get re real recognition yeah. for yeah. The awards. And um, even Lady Bird yeah. is is not much of a comedy. comedy. Yeah. It's not. It's it's not a. Well, of course it is, but it's, it's, it's not 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 an early two thousands comedy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a dramedy. That's, that's but um, yeah. uh, what was I gonna say? And it's crazy because we've mentioned on the show plenty of times, like directors that put butts in chairs. I feel like Apatow is definitely one of them. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, I feel like The King of Staten Island would have made some serious money had it been able to go to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Um. I remember after I saw the 40 year Virgin, I saw Knocked Up opening uh, opening night. Um, uh, what else did we do? Uh, anything funny that had people, happened. Like, yeah, Funny Fever, I saw opening night. for um, uh, Super bad. But I, all those Judd Apatow, you know, um, produced or directed. And, and you know every trailer had his name coming up first, right? Yep. Every single trailer. As yeah. soon as it said his name, I'm like, I'm in. And I would be there opening night because, again, I love comedy. Um, but he just, he honestly, for me, took it on this whole nother direction where, again, it, it's so relatable. Just like super bad. Super mm -hmm. bad for me. Everybody's like, oh, it's not that hard to get liquor. Like, this movie's so exaggerated. I'm like, no, man. Like, there's people that actually do struggle, you know? And I felt like everything, like the guy, the way um, Michael Sarah and and uh, Jonah Hill would talk. Like, yeah, yeah, how they would just talk to each other. I'm like, dude, that's how friends talk to each other, how they're constantly going at each other's throats, but they have so much love in between them. You got me? Mm -hmm. I, Superbad is one that I can gush over over and over again. But, um, yeah, anytime Apatow, it says Apatow. That's why, honestly, King of Staten Island, when, when – um, during during when COVID and all that, I was, like, pissed. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to push this movie. I'm so glad. It, it sucks that it went straight to video. Mm -hmm. But um, but I'm really happy it did because it's it's honestly one of my favorite films this year. Me too. It's my favorite. I was so excited. It's worth the twenty to twenty five dollars. People, please pay. It's <laughs> out on Blu-ray now. If you can just go to a store, I've it? It. I bought it. Yeah, yeah. I, I own it. I like I, that's a movie I want to go back to and see again because it. They're all his movies are comfort food. It's something that you can always put on and sit down and relax, just like your girlfriend Steph Jader. Like just to put on there and just have a good time to make yourself feel good. So. Yeah. To me, I, his movies are never going to get old, and I can't wait to see the next one. But let's get into the categories for the 40-year-old virgin people. Sure. Um, best scene. Our first one, best scene. There are so many we can go with here. Uh, Gia, you are our guest. What is your pick for best scene? Uh, okay. Well, I of course, as we've already mentioned, you have to mention, the most me memorable scene is the wax scene. Um, yes. But honestly, I love the bookstore scene when he's asking Beth all the Beth. questions and he's like, what's your name? Or it's like, yeah. you, you like do it yourself. <laughs> I, that was, I, I was laughing throughout the whole scene. So that's, that's definitely my, my do you like to do it yourself? yourself. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the mood strikes. <laughs> no, that's a great pick. I, I wasn't expecting one. That's a really good pick there. Jader. Um, 
all of it, man. I can't, I can't. Bro. It's so <laughs> much hard for me because I love, love, love um, a bunch, man. One of the scenes that I actually, actually, you know what? Uh, when when he tries to do that in the speed dating, the speed dating yeah. scene is actually really funny. Boom! There you go. See so, Tim yeah. and I, man. Hey, Tim. Tim. Yeah, so the speed dates, and when he tries, she goes, "Are you fucking retarded?" And she starts trying, and then you see uh, Mindy Kaling, uh, David's fun, like keeps talking this girl up, and then it's Mindy Kaling. She goes, "I changed my number. I've done this. I've done that." And then he yeah. comes out of there. One of my favorite lines, which people overlook, but one of my favorite lines follows that scene. Like right okay. after that scene is one of which I will well, I'll definitely mention, but. You know, and I loved, you know, Seth Rogen. And he's like, you know, Gina for me was like the the, the winner. And then when you yeah. went everything about it, man, that scene is just so funny. So okay. speed dating scene is probably one of my favorite scenes. There's a bunch, to be honest with you. There's a bunch, bunch. of scenes. But yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, we'd be remiss not to bring up the wax scene. Like, that's probably the most iconic from this film. But the one I'm going to go with is the poker scene where we discover that he's a virgin. At the beginning, right? Yeah. Excellent scene. Amazing. If, if you want to look at smart comedic writing it's this right here because we're having a good time with these guys and they slowly start to figure out that there's something off with them like right. what did her breasts feel like oh no, bags, man. <laughs> <laughs> no but and even the way they talk to each other like, obviously we're going to get a little explicit because we're talking about this movie but then he was like oh no you know the little pink ones he goes oh the stevie wonders the braille nipples and he starts to go that for me kills me every time these little lines are i'm like man this is gene and i feel like so much of that has to be improvised it's that that's judge, it that's judge yeah. he has the script but he's he's all about the improv but in that scene thank you for bringing that up that's one of my favorites too because when he's like talking about like how beautiful like, when paul rudd is talking about how beautiful sex with amy was by mm -hmm. the way the names okay amy and beth like a b you can you get like it's yeah, always yeah, yeah. amy and angela Anyway, so he's like, that's some Britney Spears shit, Britney man. Britney Spears shit, man. Stop. Like, exactly. <laughs> or it's like, um, or whatever. And then, no, what's the other one? Or he's, when Seth is like, like I touched a guy's balls at Hebrew school once. Like he just, he, it, the way they edited that scene, that was just one thing that he said that was improv. And he's like, put that one in. That's the one. Or. Look, um, no, no BS. No BS. Yeah. I have, these are safe gifts. And hey! stop, stop is one of them. There you go. Stop. Stop. <laughs> and he goes, dude, it's not a big deal. If, <laughs> when he goes, dude, it's not a big deal if you like to fuck guys. <laughs> In prison. And when, <laughs> when he asks him, uh, like, wait, are you a virgin? And Krell's brilliant in this scene. Like, wait, are yeah. you a virgin? He's like, yeah, not since I was 10. 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you notice he looked at the camera and they kept that moment in there? Uh-huh. Yes, that was. It's, that was so, it's so good. And then there's also the um. Wait, did, did she talk dirty to you? Like all all the time? She go me so horny. Me so, horny. <laughs> so stupid. So I'm trying to fit in and relate. And like those discussions happen with guys in high school and college, and they're having them in their 30s and 40s. And it's just, it's it's really a relatable scene for a lot of guys right there. But Carell really gets to show off his acting chops there. So those are our picks for best scene, best line. I'm gonna take this one because this is might be my this might be my favorite scene in the movie, and it's between Paul Rudd and Jane Lynch, and <laughs> I'm gonna read it word for word. Is it a Yomo? Paul Rudd. Walks up. Look, that's is like that your pick? Well, I have a bunch more. But All right, let's start. Okay. He walks up, he turns, he goes, "I've got to tell you something about it. I'm really excited for the first time today. 
I woke up, you came into the store, and I feel confident to say that if you don't take that Michael McDonald DVD that you've been playing for two years straight off, I'm going to kill everyone in the store and put a bullet in my brain. And then she's like, David, what do you suggest we play? He goes, I don't care. Anything. I'd rather watch Mutation in the or for eight hours straight than listen to Michael McDonald. Nothing against him. But if I have to hear Yo Yamo be there once more, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. Funniest part of the movie to me. It's so funny. It's so funny. And I love the excitement that he went up to Jane Lynch. Like, you know, I worked up my confidence. Yes. And only Paul Rudd could deliver that line. Uh huh. Like, oh, yeah. Only Paul. Oh yeah. And Jane Lynch has just got the straight face the entire time. Get your ass back to work. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and the beginning of of her career too. Yes. With this, and yeah. Mindy. This is before The Office. You know, like before, like they worked together. The same year, like, actually. With, with, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the same year when The Office started, and this started. It was the same year. It was 2005. So yep. pretty yep. crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. Jader, let's go for you, man. What do you got for best line in this one? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, why don't you go fuck a goat? Love that line. He goes, why are you always telling me to fuck a goat, man? You want to <laughs> know how I know you're gay? That back and forth improvisation is so great with the uh, – you want because you listen to Coldplay. Love that shit. I tell <laughs> that's, that mine. that's mine. That's mine. I'm sorry. Jader takes – There's two. There's two. Let me tell you. There's one line, right, that – gets so overlooked and yeah. it's it's um Catholic uh Catherine T uh Keener's uh, Trish Trish right yes um where she goes Einstein had a wife which he fucked by the way oh, <laughs> love that line and then the one that I told you that follows the speed dating is where Paul Rudd is like a mess drunk and he's grabbing the uh the uh, camera and all that stuff, and then you see he goes like that, and then he and then uh, Jane Lynch goes, "Hey Andy, looks like your friend's performing a public colonoscopy." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that line gets overlooked, and it's so freaking funny. But again, there's there's just so many lines in this movie where it's it's I, I you can it's such a quotable film, such a quotable film, it, and God, I love this movie. <laughs> But what were you yeah, gonna say? Yeah, Kyle, what's yours? Oh, my, mine was the whole Paul Rudd interaction. Oh, with Jane no, Lynch. Sorry, no. I was like, I was keeping that with Bessie. Sorry, okay, no. I have a lot. So, my sister and I, well, first of all, I do feel the need to say, like, yes, this was a totally different time. This was 2005. We had there were a lot of gay jokes, a lot of racist jokes yeah. in there. Um, but if you look at it through like that historic comedic lens, please don't be upset about it. It was that time. Yes, yes, we've evolved mm -hmm. since then, but I just feel the need to put that out there. Um, yeah. I love like so. My sister and I always used to say, um, like you know how I know you're gay. You like Coldplay. Like we, we we did that line like as you said all the time, or or it's like you know how I know you're gay. You watch you, like Made in Manhattan. Like that that was always yeah. a joke. People always use Made in Manhattan, mm -hmm. um, or. The, yeah, she was a hoe for show. Like that was <laughs> that was a big one. Um, I love the so, the baby daddy drama because the actor in that movie was also in Baby Mama, and he said, "You've got Baby Mama drama." And I know that they, I I bet they kept it in there because he said that in the four year old version. Yes. Um, when he's like, when they didn't get invited to the party, and they and they're like, "What are we, Al Qaeda?" Tell me, like, tell me, Montel. <laughs> what, I was like, no. what are we? Oh my god. 
Yes. That was funny. Yes, like, I you got a hover from a tranny, didn't you? And I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I love the, like, it looks like the Doppler radar when they were looking at the 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 baby. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The sound. Oh, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, um, oh no, when, when they're at, when he's at the, when he's in the, the, um, like at the Planned Parenthood type place with, uh, Kat Dennings and, Oh, and, and, that, and that kid was just like something about sex he's like yeah so it was like my friday night and the dad is like, like stop seth we went to temple on friday night like, don't be no, an he goes, oh, you, think you tap that he's like what are you you and your little jufro yeah God, that whole scene killed that's another one that's another that's great crazy. thing he goes and no you know what line we didn't say that's thrown in this movie so many times you're putting the pussy on a pedestal that <laughs> is like pedestal. The most the most thrown line in this film and it's so great he goes what does that mean Exactly. <laughs> like pussy on a pedestal is the equivalent of walk like a man in Jersey Boys. It's it's the same thing. Yeah. So for any guys Absolutely. out there, like yo, if you're nice, girls will have sex with you. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> it can't be it's that easy. Um, yeah. Not that the girls are easy, but you know what I mean. Just don't be a dick, and then you can get what you want. Something um, that's funny is that scene where um, he's messing around with the condoms and he doesn't know what to do with them. And they're all laying on the ground. Cat Dennings comes popping in like, ew, mom, what the hell? And rocks out. And then the boyfriend's like, teach me. Teach me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that teach was me. sweet. That was adorable. You know, that's a uh, guy from the 70s show, man. Uh, Daniel Math Math Matheson. Is that his name? I've never watched that 70s show. Um, it's a great he's in show. trouble for like, yeah, it's Dan, Dan, uh, Hyde, Hyde, Hyde. Yeah, I'm getting his yeah. real name. Wait. That's his. That's his. Uh, the dude teach me is his little brother or half brother or something like that. Really? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, Danny Masterson. Danny Masterson. There you go. Yeah. So uh, there's not many casting what ifs that I was able to find for this movie. Uh, first of all, um, Jane Lynch's character Paula was originally written to be a male character, and um, I think it was Carell convinced Apatow to change it to a woman, and that's when Jane Lynch got cast. So that's oh. that got her start. That is cool, Carell. Hell yeah, that is there awesome. And then yeah. she, I love, I love her character. I love yes. oh, yeah. her character. She's so great in that. We'll get to her in just a second. Um, and then finally, Judd Apatow uh, originally cast Jason Segel in this movie, but the studio wouldn't approve his casting, which Why? to me, it, it's weird. It, like there's a whole drama behind it that he was supposed to be one of the guys that works in the store along with Steve Carell. He was just going to be another one of the guys. But for some reason, the studio wouldn't approve Jason Segel. So Apatow told him, just go write material for yourself and one day it'll get approved. And then we get forgetting Sarah Marshall. Sarah Marshall. There you go. It worked out for the best, but it kind of sucks because I've seen, listen to interviews. He was really upset about it because he could have been in this, you know, life changing movie, movie and Absolutely. he had to wait for his big break. That's that's I mean, he, got to, he casted him on the, on the next film, uh, which was knocked up. He, he's knocked up. Yeah. yeah. It always works out. It, for the that yeah. whole troop, they're all buddies. They all work together. So that's why there's not many casting what ifs because as soon as this movie was written, Apatow's like, all right, I'm grabbing Rogan. I'm grabbing Paul Rudd. I'm going to grab Romney Malco. Um, Jonah Hill is going to be in there. Uh, we literally watch Kevin Hart steal away Romney Malco's career in front <laughs> of my eyes. Like, Malco was supposed <laughs> to have Kevin Hart's career. And so I, wow. Like, I'm going to take that right there. It, right? I mean, yeah. We should kind of well, actually we'll get to it later. Um, Apex Mountain, we'll get to that later. Um, Marshall Ali Award for best sharpshooter. This was tough for me. I kind of cheated. Um, I because I really wanted to talk about Paul Rudd. 
I really mm -hmm. wanted to bring him up, but he's in too much of this movie. So I think I go Jane Lynch here. Um, as nice. Is that you? Go for it, Jader. Why do you, why do you have Jane Lynch? Because she was great, man. Um, and now knowing that she wasn't going to be in the film, Mm -hmm. uh, make makes my it uh, like stay uh stamps this uh this award for her to be completely honest with you because she crushes man every scene that she's in she's hilarious when she's singing that spanish song which is about soccer it's hilarious serenade and then yeah. i love how she's so chill and she like She's like, you know, like, like uh, when she's like, oh, would you, oh, would you fuck up? He's like, oh, in a New York minute, you know? And then uh, how she tells him, do you know the term fuck buddy? Like, I love how she was like throwing herself at, and you know, offers on the table. She goes, oh, I heard you got a girlfriend. He's like, yeah. He's like, offer stands on the table. Kind of like backs up. I just thought she was so funny. Her deliveries were great. Her lines were great. Um, she crushes, man. She crushes. Break, and she really goes for it. And that's what I see in Apatow movies. He see he sees these people that have that potential, and he just lets them fly. And that's what happened with Jane Lynch, Steve Carell, and all these other people. Uh, Gia, who did you have for this award? Well, I actually had the same frame of mind as you. I went Paul Rudd, and I was like, Nah, he's in it too much. Like yes. for that specific award that we're bestowing yeah. upon actors. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I went with Jane too. But I, but and with Jane, with what you were saying about how like how chill she is, that is her mo. Um, I'm not sure if you watch her in the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, she plays Sophie oh. Lennon. Please watch that show; it's the greatest. It's the same same approach, different character, and different a little bit different delivery, but same approach. And with Glee, of course, like that yeah. got her into Glee. Um, so I'm with you there. I do think Elizabeth Banks deserves some credit. Um, she was awesome in this. She's, gonna, she's awesome talk in about everything, her. and she yeah. so she can be. You know, like the slutty character, or she could be like a real, like beautiful, like hard. She 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 can do everything, comedy and drama. Um, and I and her her masturbating scene, um, yeah. is also yeah. very like iconic. I think for at least for girls that growing up, I was like, oh my, I'm like, wait, you can you can do that with a shower head? I didn't know you could do that. And um, <laughs> no, it's true. And I, so I just think that that she deserves a little bit uh, more credit for like she was maybe had like five minutes of screen time. Um, I think we should give two shout outs here. One is the Jerry Bednob, who is the Indian guy that. Yeah. Move, man. Let me he, talk. <laughs> he, he, deserve, he deserves to be shouted out, though, because this guy, and he, he popped up in quite a few films around this era. We haven't seen him much since. Yeah. He's funny. He's really funny in this movie. Just interactions he has with Romney Malcolm. Are you stealing my customer? Or are you poaching my customers again? That whole interaction is <laughs> funny. Um, I, I mean, Jader, is there someone you, is something you want to say about him? No, I actually have him for another award. Okay, we'll get to it then. We're, we're gonna yeah, talk to uh, him. Tim's asking, am I the only one who Googled all Mooch's sex positions? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, another yeah. one is uh, Kat Dennings. I think Kat Dennings yeah. is a very underrated actress. And she's actually held up the best uh, coming, if you watch this movie 2020, you're like, oh shit, that's Kat Jennings right there. Mm -hmm. And she yeah. doesn't get as much work as she deserves. I think she's kind of got a bad rap from the Thor films. She's not bad in them. She's just doing her character. But I think she's a funny actress and I really want to see more of her. So I, I think as the, the daughter that's kind of like holding on to that sense of innocence uh, from Catherine Keener, I think she really grounds the movie in a lot of uh, factors because you're looking at Steve Carell, who's trying to have sex for the first time. And meanwhile, she's trying to have sex for the first time, but she's like 16, 17 years old. So they're having that struggle. They kind of relate to it with each other in a way. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I think she deserves a shout out. Let's go with the Bill Murray Award uh, for best cameo. Uh, Gia, I'm gonna start with you here. Who wins this award? Uh, well, okay, of course Kevin Hart's gonna win. Um, yeah, and of course, but I, I was so happy to see Mindy Kaling because I didn't know who she was when I first watched it. And now I fucking love her. So yeah. Mindy, so it, Kevin and Mindy are tied for me with excitement. Jader. All right. So I kind of had, I mean, it, he had more than a cameo. That's why I kind of did have uh Gary, uh, Gary Bednob. Um, I have Kevin Hart, but there's two that I actually want to mention. Kevin Hart is hands down. Cause I, I was even going to give him a double award because it is also one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when we were <laughs> going to say best scene, I was like, no, I'm not going to say it twice because I, I wanted to obviously talk about it more here. Uh, but um, I don't feel like Gary Bednob is, he's more in the film, but he can also, in my opinion, it's not a cameo, but he was, since he was so little in the film, I kind of had him here. Uh, but someone that I, I, one scene that I love, and it's just the awkwardness of the scene. Uh, it's the scene with Jonah Hill. Yes. When he's trying, when he's trying to buy the fishes with the, the disco, he goes, "These are great." And then, like, he's like, he's like, "I don't know why you gave me such a hard time." He goes, "Give me some cash. Give me this. We're good to go." Yes. He's um, like, "You're making this extremely difficult for me." Like, yeah, I just want yeah. to buy them for me. Yeah, it's so good. But the Kevin Hart scene, hands down. Um, I, I honestly, that's another. Uh, I have the uh, gift saved every time that I, like somebody pisses me off, and then. Um, I'm the, coming the, back the, for both of y'all. Yeah, yeah, he go, coming back for both of He's like, it's your boy? He goes, yeah, it's my boy. We represent Smart Tech. He goes, both of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts doing that. Aim high, Willis. Aim high. <laughs> but it, and then, oh, when he tells him, he goes, you know, he goes, you're throwing too many words at me. I'm going to find them in disrespect. Watch your mouth and make the sale. And then he goes, you And then he goes, you um. He goes, oh, you want to, you want a nigga, nigga here now? Like, oh my god, that back and forth for both of them, it was just so fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, um, I'm gonna yeah. veer off the path a little bit. <laughs> I'm going Stormy Daniels. Um, <laughs> Stormy Daniels <laughs> in 2020, watching, seeing her. I mean, that's a cameo. If we're talking about cameos right here, yes, she shows up for a second. And we all know what Stormy Daniels, uh, her history is now. So I think just recognizing her and saying, oh. Trump. I hope you saw this movie. <laughs> That's where you saw it. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure it is. All right. <clears throat> the Gary Oldman Everyone Award for Best Overacting. Okay. Let's, uh, this is an award that is 80% compliment, 20% insult. It's a fun award. Um, this is where I want to talk about Elizabeth Banks. Yes, she, she is way overdoing it in this movie, but it's funny. Like, but it works. Yeah, exactly. She has this laugh, like this pleasurable laugh to her that is overdoing it, but she does it so well. Like, I can hear it in my head right now. I don't want to do yeah. it. It sounds weird coming out of my mouth. But <laughs> for some reason, it works. She's, she plays Bitsy so well. And that bookstore scene that like you were talking about, Gia, is where we really get introduced to her. Like, oh, who's this woman? And then she just gets wild in the bedroom when um, Steve Carell goes back with her. So yeah. I, feel, I feel like she's overacting and it's overacting to such a good degree that you love and like her character. I think there's one other person. I'll see one of you take it. Gia, who do you have here for the Gary Oldman Award? Sure. Well, I, I had I had Elizabeth Banks there too. And, and Kat Dennings, honestly, just as, as that like crazy teenager. Yes. Um, but 
I know you're going to talk about Leslie Mann as the drunk woman. And <laughs> so, and yeah. I was just reading up about her and uh, just everything in general. And it's really hard, um, as the interviewer said for Jed, for Jed Abito, is that she, it, acting drunk and funny at the same time is very hard. Mm-hmm. And Leslie did it. Like it's, and so I, I give her a lot of credit for that too. But, um, um yeah, so the, yeah. Leslie, Leslie was the other one I was bringing up because that, that whole scene is it's ridiculous, but it's funny. And uh, yeah. Jader, who do you got here? Same exact. Well, so for people who don't remember, so she, so this was when Steve Corral and the crew first go out to the club and like they try to get him laid. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. ta- and he, so there's a bachelorette party, of course. Just guys, you want to get laid, look, look for a bachelorette party, someone will be there. And then. <laughs> So and she's she's drunk like like the bride like is um I love I love that scene the Dr. Seuss with yeah. the hair and the, the hair. Dr. Seuss penis I really mean this it's right? fantastic yeah. with the wigs it was perfect and she <laughs> um so she, basically she's drunk she starts driving because Steve Carell can't drive a bike and then she's just like tell me I'm pretty and he's like you're pretty you're pretty I just want to live like I don't yeah. want to live she's like then, look at me look at my eyes and Tim then, yeah. Tim Tim actually just said the quote that I was going to say is the last quote that he puts let's get some fucking French toast <laughs> it's yeah. so good and then I love when she's uh telling the story. I said, you're the bitch, bitch. And then she's doing the get your freak on that. Oh, God. It's great. I, I mean, it's great. But, yeah, it was a little over the top. You know, yeah. usually, usually be annoyed by directors putting their families in movies. Leslie is such a comedic genius she, that she's in. So I, I love Leslie Mann in this movie. Even though she is overdoing it, she's supposed to overdo it. So it's exactly. funny. Um, yeah. One quick thing we should touch on real quick is what doesn't work in this film anymore or doesn't mm-hmm. hold up. It's clearly the we should just touch it, talk about it. The you know how I know your gay scene, like it clearly in 2020 it doesn't hold up anymore, and I'm sure the actors know that nowadays. But you have to look at it through that 2005 lens, and back then that's just how it was. And that's how it was, it, man, yeah, yeah, it is like going back to rewatch it. It does feel weird watching it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, no, it's not not that it's weird. I'm just more self-aware. Just dated, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's just a little dated. It's not that it's weird because it, it works with the film and, and how times were back then. But for me, it was more one of those uh, when you watch it, you're like, oh, this wouldn't fly now, like, you know, at all, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it, it happens a lot with it when you go back. If you watch anything, anything Eddie Murphy stand-up from back in the day, none uh, uh George Carlin, uh, Richard Pryor, any of those things, mm-hmm. they are not going to fly by. Like, like we're just living in different times now. So it's just, it just makes you, you watch the film, excuse me. And it's automatic. Like that wouldn't fly. Right? Yeah. But I, I don't want to say it's weird. You get me? It wasn't weird. Cause again, it goes with the, uh, the writing of the film. It's just, it's, it's raunchy, man. It's raunchy. And it's, it just doesn't give a fuck. That's, that's yes. the movie we were watching, you know? So I, I don't mind it. It's just something I feel like we had to kind of address. Like if we did it. Yeah. So uh, let's move on. Interesting details. I got a couple of them here. The most famous one is the chest waxing scene. Yep. That is real hair coming off of Steve Carell. Yep. He committed to that. So that pain he is feeling is absolutely real. And I've never had my chest wax. Um, that just sounds miserable from what he had to go through. And then when they put it on the nipple, and he's like, "Oh, not the nipple!" Yeah, yeah I know. And um, who was it that uh, Jay is the one that walks out, right? Uh, uh, 
Romani Malco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was all real. He was like, that, was, right, yeah. that was all real. The uh, everything that he was saying out was just all improv. That was they're like, hey, we're gonna rip your hair off, and he's the one that said, I want to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I want them to really do it and get a real reaction. Let's let's just do it. Mm-hmm. So I love <laughs> the mental lantern. Yeah, the bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I love. There's two scenes. Uh, two things that I loved about that best scene at the end is where he takes off the shirt. And she gets so turned on by that, yes. by by the uh, by him having the patch. And I also love how he just like freaky. He's like, "This woman scares the shit out of me," right. and he leaves. And Seth Rogen's like, "What's up, Cal?" <laughs> Takes off his shirt. And he's like, you know, it just it happens. Ready for to him, go. Which is great. Yeah, they're ready to go. And they end up together at the end. Yes. Yeah. Which is hysterical. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, a couple other details. Jonah Hill got heat stroke during the last musical number. Uh, I guess they spent really? all day filming that, and that must have been pretty high. That we'll, we'll get to that scene because I think that actually let's talk about it right now. So that last scene, they couldn't figure out how to end this movie, and Gary Shandling comes along and suggests just do a musical number, and that's exactly what we got. Aquarius, what a way to end this movie! Talk just- about a big finish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think that's so neat because Judd Apatow did do the Gary Shandling uh, documentary on HBO mm-hmm. and it, you could see just how much of an influence Shandling was on Apatow's life and you could now you see in these details the move he was such an influence on the movies he's making so as, if you go back and watch that documentary it's really well done by Apatow it's got a lot of heart to it um, and then finally uh, the production used over 1 million feet of film. And I guess you get an award for doing that <laughs> because when you're filming this, they got over a million, they got over a million feet of film. That doesn't happen. Wow. No, no one does that. So that's all improv though. Improv, because these yeah. guys are just firing and firing. So that's quite an accomplishment for them. That's awesome. Do you guys find any other details doing some research? Um, no, I actually didn't. The only thing that I do want to say, and it's like kind of, uh, we never kind of mentioned, well, we do within obviously reviewing the film. Uh, we haven't said a lot of cons of the film, right? Like what, what doesn't work. What I, I just feel like this movie is maybe like, like all, all Apatow films, it's like 15, 20 minutes too long. I was right? just going to say that. Yeah. That's, that's my only con with this film where it should have ended a little earlier. I'm not crazy about the Aquarius scene, to be completely honest with you. Um, right where, right where, um, he, what's up, bro? right where he, um, you know, loses his virginity or whatnot. And then the singing starts. I promise you, like, I'll probably turn it off. Like, I'm like, all right, movie's over. It is what yeah, it is. You got yeah. It. yeah. Yeah, like, I, and I usually don't watch the Aquarius scene, uh, but Steph loves it. So oh, when we watch the movie together, I'm like, I guess I have to sit through this shit now, you know? But, uh, but yeah. Well, so anything. My only two, like, honestly, like, my only two con, I just feel like the movie's a little bit too long. Um, but all Apatow films end up being that way where you think it's going to end. And and then I, I even with uh, King of Staten Island, um, I already knew. I was expecting it. I'm like, oh, it should be the ending. I'm like, well, actually, knowing that this is an Apatow film, there's probably like another 20 minutes left. And I, it, it was that was it, you know. But that was it. Other than that, as I've gushed over and over today, like this movie's awesome. Love this movie. No. Um. Okay. So let's move on to our big categories. Then. Well, actually, did you guys come up with any sequel ideas? So, like, just a hypothetical question. Do no. and do Andy and Trish stay together? Are they a couple? Yeah, still? yeah. 
Don't don't do that to me. What's wrong? It's yes, a question. They <laughs> yes, they stay together, dude. Absolutely. Yes, one of your options. Yeah, don't get on me. <laughs> and well, we all know I I as I was researching in 2010, there was a parody called the 41 year old virgin who knocked up Sarah Marshall and felt super yeah. bad about it. Yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah. That's that like was, uh, who who was it that uh, it was Brian? Um, oh my god, Brian Kalen. Callen? Brian Callen. It was, yeah. it was Brian Callen. That was I the, love uh, the end. Yeah, he's hilarious. I love yeah, him. Yeah, he's good. He's like this with uh, Todd Phillips. He's, uh -huh. always in the top, he makes, uh, he's in the cameos. He always does cameo for the Todd Phillips films. Huh. Right. Yeah. All right. Apex Mountain. So, like I said, this is working going to multiple people. This yeah. is tough for me. This was a tough this, draw. This was a really tough guy. I think this was the toughest category for me as well. There's an easy one. I think one guy, one guy's pretty easy to mention. And if we just want to throw him out there, Romney Malco. Um, yeah. His career never got better <laughs> from here when it really <laughs> should have. Uh, like I said, Kevin Hart's slow career right in front of him. And it's like where he is today so is funny. where Romney should have been. But I, I enjoy Romney Malco and other things. Like I thought Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man 2 are really entertaining movies. And he's, yeah, he's Zeke the Freak in those things. It, it's a, Those are fun movies. But other than that, I just really good in weeds. If you haven't seen Weeds, he's in the show Weeds. No, I haven't seen that. He, I haven't seen Think really Like a Man either. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you watch Think Like a Man. I'm I need to see that. I really liked it. I really liked it. Okay. But uh, but yeah, those are those are the two beside obviously every time I think him, I think you know, 40-year-old virgin. Mm -hmm. But um I feel I feel um that he was again, he was really good in weeds, think like a man. Um, I think he was in uh night school with, with Kevin Hart. Yes, he was. And, and he's in La uh, what's that movie, man? With uh, Las Vegas. He was in Las Vegas for uh, with, uh, with De Niro. Oh, yeah, yeah with De Niro. He's in there. Wow. I don't yeah, want yeah. a million in there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's short, short role, very little role. So he's done his things. You get me? But he should be more. Mm -hmm. uh, he should be doing uh, more of a if like a support, like a number two guy, even a number one guy. He's really funny, man. I think he's really really funny. He could but, carry a lead. I think he could do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. He like he, guys like Damon Wayne's Jr. have careers that Romney Malco should have. Like he should uh, at least be in a yeah. sitcom. Like, he's just there's a path out there for him that I wish he would have had. And I don't I don't know what happened with that, man, because this was his film. Like, he he really steals a lot of the scenes that he's in, and for some reason it never took off for him. Um gee, is there any other nominees you have for this category? So, so just to clarify, like this is like so this movie was their huge role. This was like, like the peak of their career, the like peak. yeah, like what what is their peak? It never got better for them, but at this moment, mm -hmm. they could do whatever they wanted to do. Whatever they wanted to do. No, I mean like, like they they had their most pull they could have possibly I, had. So, because of okay. this movie, they got he got a Marvel film or something like that because of this, right? Like, he, he broke out, you know. Well, this was honestly a breakout for everyone. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like we, we got to know Seth for who he is in this movie. You know, like this is like this is his pure stoner movie. Mm -hmm. um, same with Jonah. Like, like, like with, with, with them, like what you see is what you get. You know, and even with James Franco, too. Like they all work together like since the 90s. Like on What Hot American Summer, too. Um, yeah. I'm with you with Romney. I think this was his apex. Um I don't know. This this was just one of those huge foundational movies for everyone, and it's always a gem to go back and see their humble beginnings. I think that's that's it for for Steve for Cat. I it, yeah. for me, it was the first time that that um, 
I saw that I saw, I mean, I've seen him in movies before, not knowing who he was, uh-huh. but Seth Rogen for me. Yeah. Um, Seth Rogen was, oh, that's that guy from Knocked Up. Up like, right. I'm not Knocked Up, I'm sorry, 40 uh, Old Virgin. When mm-hmm. when I saw Knocked Up, I'm like, oh, he was awesome for, in 40 Old Virgin. Right, then, like you're happy Knocked to see them later. Yeah, yeah, but didn't know who Seth Rogen was. Knocked mm-hmm. Up is where I feel like Seth Rogen was like, oh, that's Seth Rogen, you know? Right. It was after, but for 40 Old Virgin, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's that guy, that, that tatted guy from, uh, from uh, for your version, yeah, right. Um, I think we need to have a discussion about Steve Carell. I think this might be this year, 2005, might be his apex mountain. Here's why you oh, have yeah. this movie and you have the start of The Office. And oh, yeah. if you, if so, like, if you think of Steve Carell, what is the first thing you think of? It's one of those two options, right? It's either The Office or The 40 Old Virgin. And he's still, it's not like he's come down to earth, it's not doing anything anymore. He is still putting out great material, but I feel like it's hard to have a better year than what he had in 2005 but, with the 40 year old virgin and with the office. And like the office yeah. is, but with our generation, Gia, it's like considered one of the greatest TV shows ever made at this yeah. point. Jader's watching it over and over again. Like it's consumed. I, I absolutely love my Steph is probably watching it upstairs right now. It's always playing at the house. It's either that or friends. Um, I'm right. a Parks and Rec. One guy. of the NBC shows, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just started. Wa- yeah. I just started watching Parks and Recs. Uh, I'm in season two right now. Me too. Started, I'm in season two. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, I just started, and it's it's a yeah. slow start for me. I'm liking it now, but before, mm-hmm. like the first season, I thought it sucked. I was like, this is not funny. It's the same um, thing as The Office. The first season of The Office is bad, and then it gets. Yeah, but see, but even the first season of The Office for me had like two or three good episodes. I mm-hmm. I didn't like anything from Parks and Recs. The first yeah. season, I I, I can go back. Chris Pratt opening the door naked <laughs> and uh, Leslie Nope being like, "Oh, Andy, put on your clothes." <laughs> Mo, I mean moments, but like mm-hmm. a, that, I liked a full episode like that. I didn't. It honestly wasn't until mm-hmm. um, season two where I'm like, I guess because I know the characters more now that I'm like, "All right, let's see what they're up to." Um, right. I laughed. I laughed way more in season two so far, and I'm really mm-hmm. liking. It. I want to continue watching it. Funny enough, I know we're getting off topic, but Aziz Ansari. Kicks so much ass in uh-huh. Parks and Rec. He does. Everybody he's, fantastic. Yeah. he's fantastic because he's one of those hit or misses for me. Um, and and mostly and mostly uh, there you go. See, I I, I just gotta I gotta keep watching it, man. I just yeah. started it maybe like two months ago. Um, but I always keep going back to the office for some reason. But I'm liking where I'm at. That but Aziz is great in that show. He's so freaking funny. Um, he, and he has yeah. a lot of heartfelt moments with the. Uh, the wife that you know once once she gets her papers and all that. There's a lot of heartfelt moments where I was like, man, this this is this is cool. I like this arc a lot. So you'll right. notice with Parks and Rec, like with the office, my the difference for me is character. So mm-hmm. in the office, your main people you care about are Steve Carell or what's his name? Michael Scott, you care about uh Jim and Pam and you care about Dwight. Those are your main people you care about. In Parks and Rec, it's everyone. All of them, from Chris Pratt to uh, Aubrey Plaza to and Nick Aubrey's Aubrey's great. Aubrey's great. She's my favorite. Yeah. It, yeah. They're all amazing in this show. Rashida Jones, and then you're going to get Adam Scott and Rob Lower coming in in the third season, which they are amazing too. So And Schwartz, man. I already bumped into, yeah. into uh, John yes. Raphael. He's great. I'm like, oh, there he is. Because, again, I interviewed him without seeing Parks and Rec. Yeah. There you go. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, dude. So everybody's like, ask him questions about John, uh, John, Ma- 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 Ralphio, Ralphio. There you mm-hmm. go. And then, um, 
And I was like, dude, I've never seen Parks and Rec. They're like, how are you interviewing what Ben Schwartz without seeing Parks and Rec? I know. Like, That's how everyone like, feels like with, with certain things. But to be totally yeah. honest, like the office hit or miss for a lot of people. I, I it's because of, of the hype. Same with Parks and Rec. And and for me, of course, like like if you take a poll with Steve Carell, everyone's either gonna say the office or 40 year version. For me, it was Bruce Almighty and Anchorman. Those are those are the first ones I'm going to say. Like if you mm -hmm. if you ask me, I'm gonna say those. Um, but I think it's also just because of the way I grew up. I think if you had like, so I was never like crazy, like censored growing up, but I remember the 40 year old version was not easily accessible to me when I was nine years old. Um, I had to wait maybe like a year, year and a half when it was on cable. So I was a little bit like out. Um, and it just depends on the characters. And especially if we're talking about the office and parks and rec, the docu style is not for everyone. Um, uh it, for the majority I, I, of the country, it is, which is I fascinating so <laughs> that it is. Um, I, I love the, the thing is I, I am still new to the office. I admit, and that is the worst thing for anyone to say who loves NBC. I, I, but, but it's true. And I know I'm not alone with it. Um, however, I do love that our country loves this dry fucking humor and that's Steve and no one else yes. can pull it off except for Steve. So Kyle, I, I appreciate you like really driving home everything with Steve because like he is one of the best that we have. Um, mm -hmm. And I think everyone, like same with Will Ferrell, like not everyone likes Will Ferrell, not everyone likes Anchorman, you know? Yeah. So, and when it comes to The Office, like everyone will come to it when they feel that it's their right time to start watching it. You know, yeah. it's hard to, to like shove things down people's throat. And I know that's a, like, people feel that way with a lot of stuff, especially because of all the content that's out there right now. Um, but because we're talking about all of these wonderful early, early 2000s comedies, including The Office, um, I, I, I hope we all can like just like take comfort in the fact that these are amazing and they still hold up today, even though we've evolved with the content and the jokes. Yeah. Like the heart is yeah. still there with, with, okay. with the talent. And yeah, uh, yeah. and it's really like- You're hitting that on the head. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it's, it's 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 different, and but I also I feel the need to say one more thing. Do we are we on time? Do I have to? Like, you're good. There's no rush. Okay. Um. Well, just as far as like like the groups go in comedy, like you have the Judd Apatow crew, like you have Judd, Seth, you have Franco, Jonah Hill, who is my favorite out of all of them. I'm always Team Jonah. Um. So now I'm pissed at myself for not bringing him up for the cameo. But I don't even consider him the cameo. He's just he's a go-to for everything. Um. And no, just that whole team. And then yeah, the Apatow camp. That's what I call them. Okay, the Apatow thank camp. you. It's the camp, right? But yeah. then you have the SNL guys. You have Sandler, Schneider, Chris Rock, all those Hater. guys who also stick together. And yeah. I and Leslie Mann. She she kind of goes between both, and I love that. Like I love watching her in Big Daddy. She's hilarious. We wasted the good surprise right. on you. Like that's her. Yeah, and, that line is awesome. Um, I've, I love when those two worlds collide. Mm -hmm. But I also just think it's fascinating uh -huh. that that it's just friends who hang out, and like since the '90s or the '80s, and they're the people that we still watch. But there are a lot of people out there who who think that. Judd Apatow killed comedy. And I'm like, fuck you. What are you talking fuck about? You, dude. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people feel that way too. And, and I, I just want to say for any like haters out there, for any comedians, the reality is 
and especially in the past few years with everything with cancel culture and how comedians with, they can't fucking say anything. And if you watch comedians in cars getting coffee, I remember the first season, like the, like the, the season where Eddie Murphy was the first episode for, it had to be last two years ago, I think two years ago. Um, and they're just basically saying how bullshit it is for me. It's like for people who don't like Judd Apatow or don't like Adam Sandler, if they never changed, we did as people, you know, like our country changed, our whole thing changed. We shouldn't expect them to do it too. We don't have to. They're the ones who are making the shit for us to watch. Just fucking sit down and watch it. That's, that's my whole thing. And if you think you could do better then you make it yourself, that's, that's really what I have to say for any haters out there for these movies. Very well said. Yeah. Um, if, if you're an, also if you're an NBC comedy person, I've been pushing this so hard. The good place is so Good. I and, love the good place. Okay. I fucking love the good place. Can we curse on here? Sorry. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> just joking. Gio, we have to have a separate podcast just about the good place because I can't get anyone to watch it. I tell them, get through the first season. There's a twist at the end of the first season that flips the entire show on its head and carries it the rest of the way. It's amazing. I can't get people to watch it. Oh, boy. What's going on here? What the hell's the good place? <gasps> what? Okay. Okay. Seriously, one of the greatest shows on NBC ever, and and comedies ever. Highly recommend. It's it's the Good Place. It, so basically, people die and they go to heaven or hell, right? What? It's, it's, it's called. So you have the Good Place and you have the Bad Place, as far as season one goes. Okay, and you have yeah. Kristen Bell, who is a fucking genius. She she is up there as far as comedy geniuses go. Like and for people, dancing. I fucking dancing. NBC legend. Okay. Here's yeah. come on people. And the, the whole cast is great. And it's all, it's a lot of new actors. You got Chidi, like Tahani. Tahani is also incredible. Um, basically it's a wonderful witty show about how we think about the afterlife and how we should all act as human beings every single day. Great for the family, perfect jokes for young people and older people. Highly, it, it's it's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. Perfect. It, it's perfect because each yeah. episode. Where, where can I can I watch this on Hulu? It's on so. Netflix, and season four is, is on oh, Netflix okay. now. And the, it's only four seasons, and I think it was a beautiful idea. They didn't have to overdo it. They told the story the way it needed to be told, not undertold. Undertold four seasons, you're done. It picks up each episode picks up right where the last episode left off. So there is a continuation that you won't want to stop. It, it's just it's really like a beautiful exploration of what it means to die and how we look at ourselves when we live our lives. And yeah. Like I, I just uh, like the last episode made me cry. Um, just as Parks and Rec do. Wait till you get introduced to little Sebastian. Good God. Um, but- <laughs> Uh, so let, well, we, have, we have to do an update on that show when we get back. Let's get back to 4 Virgin. As far as Apex Mountain goes, I think Corel qualifies, but I don't know what you guys think about that. As far as we go down the other list, Definitely. it's not Seth Rogen's. It's not Paul Rudd's. It's not um, Jane Lynch's. It's not Kevin Hart's. It's not Apatow's. Um, I think Apatow comes with his next film. But as far as Corel, I think Corel Romney might I, I, I feel like this is Apatow's best film. I love the other ones. Huh? Wow. Yeah, it's just, it, 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 for me, it's subjective. Like I said, um, comedy is always going to be subjective. Um, I just feel like uh, the story was very intriguing. Characters, literally every, but it happens. I'm going to describe literally every Apatow film. Uh, strong cast, uh, one-liners, um, just the story that he was telling. I 
I have knocked up and and 40 old virgin but i always just edge 40 old virgin over knocked up always See, just knocked up. i like knocked up what about, what about dick and jane we kind of skipped that one That's you know i've only seen one i've seen that movie once only once yeah i haven't seen it yeah yeah, I haven't seen it, but oh, I like the big it. stick. That's that's my favorite. Like Judd oh, it. He didn't direct it, but big, that's, big that's my favorite Judge involved movie. That's another guy. He discovered Kumail Nanjiani too. Like that it's just he he knows what to do. Um mm -hmm. Knocked Up's my favorite appetite, and I think it's also his apex because that's 40-year-old was his statement to the world, like, hey, I'm here. And then knocked up, everyone's like, No, we're gonna see every single movie you put out, and it's gonna be amazing. Like yeah, that's true. We'll we'll do knocked up one day on this show, but oh I, we have to. We're gonna go through his his, his filmography. Yes, we will. I'd love uh, to join you guys again. <laughs> we'll have Gia on for Kaiser will be Tarantino and Gia's gonna be, be I love that. Um okay, last go. category then, guys. Uh, who won the movie? Who, when you when we finish this movie, I think there's only two options. Gia, I want to start with you. Who wins this movie? Like what character wins the movie? It, it could be or a character. It could be a director. It could be an actor. It could be the composer. It could be the studio. It could be anything. Ooh. Is it Virgins? Is it Virgins? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't for the studio. <laughs> for As I mentioned before, for a comedy for the studio, it brought in the big bucks. Um, who won the movie? Uh, I when I first came up with my answers, I was just thinking character wise, and I went with Seth Rogen because he didn't change at all, and he still got a girl at the end. <laughs> um, fuck, I don't know. Jader, I, what do you think? Yeah, Jader, what do you got here? Uh, Judd. <laughs> I, I, I want to judge. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, he won again, and it's exactly what you said. Uh, with this film, he absolutely it changed comedy forever, in my opinion. He got people to notice who the hell he was, even though he's been a behind the scenes man for, you know, he was on the cable guy, Joe the Jungle, heavyweights, what have you, right? Right. And um, it, literally the next movie that came out was knocked up. And again, that more solidified him, but people got you, you yourself said that the numbers from 40 old version to knocked up were, you know, sky It was different. And it was because people saw 40 old version. They're like, this guy's awesome. Yeah. You know, so I feel like he won. I, I went with Apatel too. I think you could also go with the comedy genre itself. Like, yeah. because like we said, it changed from here on out. This film changed industry and we're still sitting in it today. Um, like just recently, what are some of the big comedies that have come up? Stuff like Game Night and game um, night. Yeah, yeah. I love Game Night so much. And then what what else? There's just one last, well, I mean, the Kingston Island just came out this year. So that's another one we can throw in there. But we're he's, his influence is still being felt throughout comedy today and it's not going anywhere anytime soon i don't see us as a society shifting back to the slapstick broad stroke comedy i think we're here for a while so that's why i go with the comedy genre gia have you come up with an answer for this yet well i i'm with you on, on comedy in general and i think jader was right where it changed comedies forever for sure um as far as like changing because because you even see it with with Judd anyway like the, the big sick was a huge transition for him he went out of of course he's he's always been about relatable characters and stories but he took a more 
a more serious yet uplifting turn. And Mindy Kaling did the same thing with with Late Night too. So I feel mm-hmm. like we're in, we're we're in a very careful time. Um, but Judd still well, comedies like comedies are not. Like, you're right; they're no longer like the slapstick, crazy, outrageous stories and characters. Um, but they do still have a lot of heart, and I and I'm looking forward to more stories with those, you know. But but all of our guys, like, like Jonah, dramatic actor now. Um, of course, he can still do both. Michael Sarah, even, um, yeah, just everyone. So I, it's it's a whole thing. But I mean, we'll, yeah. Uh, um. Well, no. Well, I I just feel like. Because I feel since, like, especially in our social media time and just recognizing everybody, um, Judd and his, I don't know if you guys watched his stand-up, um, in, like, the first five minutes, he mentions how he's famous, but he's not that famous. Like, so if someone comes up to him, it's like, hey, are you Judd Apatow? And he's like, oh, no. It's like, all right, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's he's recognizable. Um, and even in, what was the disaster artist when he yeah. has his cameo in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just feel like comedians are in a very weird in between time. And I hope that they never get in trouble or they should stop getting in trouble for the things that they did in the past that like, like for, for, for comedies that were so beloved, they shouldn't catch it for it now because mm-hmm. we all used to love it at the beginning. If you said some, if you were an asshole and you said something and you didn't want to get called out for it. Yeah. But for a movie itself, um, I just hope that uh, that like people take jokes for jokes, and like hopefully we can compartmentalize a little bit better. Yeah, well, well, comedians need to evolve, and that's what you've seen yeah. them doing. The the best ones are still hanging in there. Like Dave Chappelle still go goes out there and takes the situation and time we're in today and makes it funny. He, he's able to still yeah. transition to that stuff while be, not being offensive, but is being offensive in a way. So there's just mm-hmm. a line that comedians need to walk now, which sucks, but there's ones that are able to do it really well. Um, other movies I want to shout out real quick that he didn't produce them, but like that we're feeling the influence of. Uh, we had Palm Springs this year. It mm-hmm. feels like an everyday life sci-fi film, and that's really everyday life because that's every day that things happening. Um, Book Smart we got last year. Yeah. Smart feels like a very much a Judd Apatow influenced comedy. Yeah, and then good finally, boys. Oh, go ahead. Good Boys. Good Boys is another one. Yes. And yeah. Rogan actually produced that one. And speaking of Rogan, one of my favorite movies of last year, Long Shot. Um, Long Shot, I can feel his influence in that too. Just this guy who uh, had this crush in high school, never really got to it. And then now she is the Secretary of State running for President of the United States. And he gets right. to be her writer form a bond. It feels real. It feels natural, but it's also funny. I love long shot. Jader knows I love long shot. I bring it up quite a bit on the show. You actually saw it, right? I I've seen parts of it. I haven't yet. I read your review and I know you love it. Yes. I love it so much. Jader? Yeah, I have to do it. I'm an asshole for not watching it yet. Sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? Can you, guys yeah, hear yeah. can you hear us? I can't hear you now. Oh, we can't hear you. oh he's on mute now. Uh, this is awkward. We're yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Right, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no, my headphones died, dude. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's why what the hell's going on? No, you're good, man. Um, I was saying, like, you saw a long shot, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I, I, I loved it. Yes. I loved it. Loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So uh, it took me so long to watch it. <laughs> is it never... I'm going to watch it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah You'll yeah, like it. It's, it's really, really funny. It's Later been, on, I'm going to watch it. 
tonight. I'll ask her if she wants to watch that. Oh. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts, guys, on 40-Year-Old Virgin? I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and well, question for you. So Elizabeth Banks says <laughs> that Steve Carell looks like Luke Wilson. Do you agree that he looks like Luke Wilson? Huh. No. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I thought that was a delicious comparison. I love that scene actually where he's like yelling at them and then she's like, he's such a badass. He's like a badass Luke Wilson. So great. But yeah, no, I um, 100% disagree. Disagree. <laughs> okay. Um, guys, that is going to do it for episode 25 of the Jader and Kyle show. Gia, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on. Um, yes, finally. Plug what you need to plug. You got three podcasts, you said. Tell us about them. I do. Um, it's, it's a lot to plug. I know we have to stop. But if you follow me it. on Instagram, I'm at Gia Doxy, G-I-A-D-O-X-E-Y. Uh, you'll see all the podcasts that I work on. Um, one's about Jersey Boys, the show and the movie. Other one is about DCOMs. And the other one is with Layla, who's also part of the CST fam. Um, it's called She Fucking Did That. And we talk about the badass women that we never learned about in history class. And That's amazing. Thank yeah, you. It's, really it's fun. And we're trying to urge everyone to register to vote. And we are we have a whole series on, oh, uh, called the Suffragist Saga on the, the women who helped us get the right to vote. As we all know, uh, the, this year is the centennial year for the 19th Amendment being ratified. But we know that only white women had the right to vote in 1920. So we're talking about the women who helped us, like the, like the non-white women who helped us get there in 1920 and who helped fight for voter equality and accessibility today. So... Do you want to learn about that? Check it out. <laughs> Gia, did you watch the show Mrs. America? No. No? Okay. I, I feel like, Yes, yeah, so you need if you want to talk about women's suffrage and all that, yeah. the equal rights it's about the equal rights amendment. It's got Kate Blanchett, Rose Byrne, uh has, Yes, it's it's fantastic. That's the one that I would really highly recommend. But that's a great point, guys. Um, we don't usually get political on the show, but register to vote. It's absolutely necessary this year. And if you're not voting, no, it's good. It's fine. It's important. So uh, we both agree. Um, but Gia, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Jader, any last things you want to say, man? Uh, nothing, man. I'm good. Love this episode. Uh, I. Completely forgot that the the Heat were playing. To, well, I thought that we were gonna we were gonna win on Friday. I'm not gonna lie. That's why oh. I said. It. So it's been killing me not being able to see the game because I'm seeing it through. That's why if you look at rewatch this episode, you'll see that I'm like looking away a lot. It's, it's, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Hopefully Go we see your it. hopefully we see your Lakers in the finals after hey. tonight. But yeah. Uh, but Next yeah, man. The 40-year-old virgin, which I don't know why you haven't. Um, go ahead and see it. It's amazing. Yes. yes. Um, guys, next week we are Wednesday, uh, only a couple days away. We are going to be joined by Matt Nose from the Top 10 Show. So please stay tuned for that. Uh, the poll is out right now if you want to vote on what movie we should watch. You have Goodfellas on there, Ace Ventura 2. You oh, have, fuck. Um, Perfect. Rogue One, a Star Wars stories on there. So we have he, there's one winning by five already. Really? Oh, I haven't yeah. checked the poll yet. So I'll have to yeah. go. Is it something surprising? That's what our audience does. Is it, no? Okay. It's Star Wars. Um, all right. <laughs> Guys, we will see you next time on another episode of the Jader and Kyle show.